Hanse! Hello! You're listening to Achimowin on CJSR 88.5 FM, located in the city of Edmonton, which is on Treaty 6 territory, as well as Region 4 of the Métis Nation. This is a traditional gathering place for the Cree, Blackfoot, Nakota Sioux, Iroquois, Dene, Anishinaabe, Inuit, and others to whom we pay our respects and thanks. My name is Shayna Giles, and I'm of Métis descent. My pronouns are they, them. This week on Ochimowin, we've got some recent news, a couple things you can check out if you have some free time, as well as some upcoming dates, before we jump into our feature interview. This week, our feature interview is with Métis singer-songwriter Kaylee Jade Weeb, who was the first place winner of the 2021 Machi Saquon Talent Showcase, which was held virtually on May 16th as part of the 2021 Edmonton Indigenous Peoples Festival. I spoke with Kaylee about her performance, her music, Edmonton's summer festival scene, and her advice for upcoming musicians. But before that, let's get into the news. First up in recent news this week, this one is pretty interesting because it features a familiar face, or rather, a familiar voice. CBC Radio Now or Never recently did a focus story on Frank Oliver. Yeah, that Oliver, the guy who has an entire Edmonton neighborhood named after him. Well, most people don't know that Frank Oliver's legacy as a political leader is based in discriminatory policies and a criminal past. To talk about Oliver's legacy, Now or Never spoke with Brent Oliver, a descendant of Frank Oliver, and Jody Callahue Stonehouse, previous host of Achimowin, who is a descendant of the Michelle First Nation. Frank Oliver illegally sold off Michelle First Nation land and had the deed transferred to him, which has never been returned. He also lobbied to have the Papas Chase First Nation removed from their reserve, which is now the southern part of Edmonton, as well as to have the Sharphead First Nation removed from their land in southern Alberta. On top of that, Frank Oliver was instrumental in the establishment of immigration policies that discriminate based on race. He even tried to bar black immigrants who were fleeing prosecution in the American South from immigrating to Canada. To hear more about Frank Oliver and his legacy, I strongly recommend checking out the radio piece and article by CBC Now or Never, titled, Frank Oliver Shaped Alberta, Stole Land, and Banned Immigrants. Should we still celebrate his name? Posted on May 14th. On to our next story. So back in 2019, the Canadian federal government announced that they would be providing funding for First Nations initiatives as a way of fulfilling recommendation number 50 from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. On Monday, May 17th, Canadian Justice Minister and Attorney General David Lametti reintroduced the promised funds, which include $10 million to support Indigenous law initiatives. Lametti said that a total of 21 different projects are being partnered with and invested in, focusing on research activities, workshops, and other initiatives to meet the needs of communities. Justice Minister Lametti said on the 17th that these projects, quote, will help advance the cause of reconciliation. They will help build a new path forward that focuses on the needs, the promise, and the potential of all Indigenous peoples. Of the 21 approved projects, several involve partnerships with law schools and legal stakeholders, and that $10 million in funding will be used to research and develop governance laws based on traditional Indigenous justice. 
One of the law projects is being headed out of the Wakotawin Law and Governance Lodge, which was founded in 2018 and is based out of the University of Alberta, right here in Edmonton. To learn more about the Indigenous Law Reform funding, you can read the article titled Millions Announced for Indigenous Law Reform Will Breathe Life Back into Nations, says Samson Cree Nation Lawyer, published in APTN News on May 17th by Jamie Pashagumskum. A couple things to check out whenever you have time. Métis Nation of Alberta youth podcast Keeping It Real recently interviewed health experts about vaccines and vaccinations, including Director of Health for the Métis Nation of Alberta, Reagan Bartel, Registered Nurse and Epidemiologist Keith King from the University of Alberta, as well as Chief Medical Officer of Health for Alberta, Dr. Dina Hinshaw. The May 20th episode is just over 50 minutes, that's 5-0, and some of the talking points include the benefits of vaccination to Métis communities and some upcoming vaccine clinics. Very informative, very interesting episode with some top-notch guests, so check that out if you have the time. The podcast is called Keeping It Real with the MNA, and the episode is titled Vaccine Talks with Dr. Dina Hinshaw, Reagan Bartel, and Keith King and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. CBC As It Happens recently featured an interview with award-winning Nizga author and poet Jordan Abel for his new book and autobiography, Nishka. Jordan Abel currently teaches Indigenous literature and creative writing at the University of Alberta, right here in Edmonton. The book, Nishka, tells a difficult story with some serious topics, and it might not be right for you if you're currently dealing with some heavy stuff. Some of the things the book goes into includes intergenerational trauma, indigenous dispossession and the legacy of residential schools, physical, sexual, and lateral violence, self-harm, depression, and suicide. So if you're going through some rough stuff right now, or you've dealt with those issues in the past, this might not be the book for you. That being said, from what I've seen and heard so far, it looks like it might be an important book to put on your summer reading list, if you're alright with some heavy topics. At the very least, Jordan's interview with As It Happens is an interesting listen that tells you a little more about the book and what to expect. If you're looking for a copy of the book, you can pick one up from The Glass Bookshop in Edmonton. You can order online and they do free local delivery. You can find the interview itself in the Thursday, May 20th edition of CBC Radio's As It Happens, in the interview and article titled, Jordan Abel's book about intergenerational trauma will be there when you need it. The Yellowhead Institute has published their May 2021 red paper, titled Cash Back. Cash Back is a companion analysis to the Yellowhead Institute's previous red paper, Land Back. Cash Back focuses on how Canada's history of Indigenous land dispossession effectively decimated the economic livelihoods of Indigenous peoples. The paper comes in three parts. Part 1, How Canada Got Its Economy, a history of economic dispossession, delves into the Hudson's Bay Company and the sale of Rupert's Land. Part two is called Colonialism as Fiscal Policy, Following the Money, and looks at how chronic underfunding by the Government of Canada has led to systemic poverty and dependence for Canada's Indigenous peoples. Part three is called How to Get That Cash Back, Redress, Compensation, and Restitution which outlines policy changes and social efforts addressing colonial fiscal policy. The entire cashback paper is a long read, 
and it features some really informative sections about the history, present, and future of Canada's fiscal relations with First Nations and Indigenous peoples, and most importantly, what we can do about it. I do strongly encourage you all to give the paper a read, check out some of the videos and animations, share it on social media, and learn more about Canada's history of fiscal colonialism, as well as consider what you can do to support fiscal independence in your area. You can read the full paper online at cashback.yellowheadinstitute.org. A couple of upcoming dates to keep an eye on. The Dream Speakers International Indigenous Film Festival is returning on May 31st and will be running until June 7th. Last year, Dream Speakers was postponed due to COVID-19, and this year, the festival is going to be presented virtually. You'll be able to access films included in the festival on a digital platform with the purchase of an all-access pass, which will run you about $25. You can purchase that $25 all-access pass by going to dreamspeakers.eventive.org slash passes slash buy. Once again, the festival is running from May 31st to June 7th. The Assembly of First Nations will be holding its first ever National Homelessness Symposium online on Monday, June 7th and Tuesday, June 8th from 9 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time. The symposium itself will touch on a lot of different aspects of homelessness, including the data and data gaps around First Nations homelessness and the lived experiences of First Nations people who've experienced homelessness. The event is open to anyone who wants to attend and learn more. Keep up to date and learn how to register by going to www.afn.ca or follow the AFN on social media at AFN underscore updates on Twitter. Again, the National Homelessness Symposium will be held online on June 7th and 8th. That's it for recent news and upcoming dates, as well as a couple things to check out. So, on to our feature interview for this week. As part of the 2021 Edmonton Indigenous Peoples Festival, which will be held on June 19th, the Machi Saquon Talent Showcase was held online on Sunday, May 16th, after a talent search was held over social media. I managed to speak with Métis musician and first place winner of the adult category for the festival, Kaylee Jade Weeb, from right here in Edmonton, Alberta, to talk about the song she performed, her previous festival experiences, her advice for upcoming musicians, and more. So without further ado, let's get right into the interview. Hi folks, my name is Kaylee Jade Weeb. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a Métis singer, songwriter, actor, and visual artist based out of Edmonton, Alberta. So I know you as the 2021 Machi Saquon Talent Showcase winner for your song, Bittersweet. Uh, first off, congratulations on first place. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about Bittersweet. Yeah, sure. Um, it's honestly, it's one of my favorite songs that I've ever written. Um, just because I was at this place in my life where I was sort of at a turning point and um, endeavoring in relationships for the first time and all, all of that stuff. Like it's, it's, it's a very innocent song um, and it's off my first album years ago. Um, so it holds a very special place in my heart. So I was very happy to perform that one. Also, full disclaimer, that is my favorite song to play on guitar. So I was like, yes, I will, <laughs> I will jump at this opportunity. 
so you mentioned it's off of your your first album. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, it came out uh, last year, almost a year ago to where we're where we're conducting this interview. Um, it came out almost a year ago, years ago. Haha. Um, but um, it was my first EP. It was my first experience in a recording studio professionally. Um, it's terrifying to record your own stuff for the first time, um, but I'm very proud of how it turned out and very much looking forward to the year anniversary coming up. When, when is that exactly? May 22nd, I believe, is the exact date, I think. I don't know. Now I'm getting my dates all mixed up, but I'm pretty sure it's either the 22nd or the 23rd. How did you first get involved with music? That's something I've always kind of been doing, I guess. Um, I used to sing in my church choir when I was like very small and we used to do family karaoke nights like all the time <laughs> when I was growing up. That's so wholesome. Yeah, it was so fun. And I, I just remember like singing Celine Dion hits and a whole bunch of stuff from the from the 80s. Like, yeah, so uh, I feel like we've always been involved in music as a family. Um, so it's just kind of a very natural thing for me to pursue. Like I have a like one of those like sheets you fill out when you're six and in grade one. And it's like, oh, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it, it says singer. Like I, I've kind of wanted to do this forever. So, um, yeah, so I finally decided that I would pursue it full time. So what made you want to participate in the Machi Saquon Talent Showcase? So I was actually looking up the Edmonton Indigenous Peoples Festival um, in the hopes of performing there. And I was kind of like looking and seeing if there was a way for artists to get involved. And then I saw that they had this talent competition and I was like, oh, there's a way to get, there's a way to get involved. So, um, yeah, I, I entered and uh, great things happened. Very grateful to them. So here's the obvious question. How do you feel about getting first place in the adult category? It's crazy. Oh, my goodness. There were so many like wonderful artists that I got to watch perform during that festival online. Um, so, yeah, I feel very honored that I happened to win the whole thing. That was like very, very cool, very unexpected. So very grateful for that experience. So are you going to be tuning into the Indigenous Peoples Festival on June 19th? Yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see how it kind of grows from what we first saw. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, I will say this, it was a very good teaser. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't wait to see um, in June what it's going to look like. So going on to the festival, the talent showcase specifically, what other festivals have you been involved with before Machi Saquon? Yeah, I've done um, the St. Albert Métis Festival I did a couple years ago. Um, I've also done Next Fest. I've done Youth Fest. Um, yeah, I'm starting to kind of dabble more in the festival circuit, I would say. You're listening to A Chimowin on CJSR. I'm your host, Shayna Giles, and I'm joined today by Kaylee Jade Weeb, who recently won first place at the Machi Saquon Talent Showcase on May 16th. So you mentioned it was online. Uh, absolutely. This year, the talent showcase was done entirely virtually. Uh, it was basically a teaser for a longer, more detailed festival that's coming out on June 19th. How do you feel about festivals like the Edmonton Indigenous Peoples Festival going virtual during COVID? I think it's necessary um, because we can't congregate in person, at least like the fact that we can all meet together online it's still it's still something and it keeps the names alive of the festivals and it keeps artists working 
Um, even though, of course, people want to meet in person, that's obviously the, the best thing that we're all striving towards. But I do think there's a lot of value in going virtual for a lot of different disciplines, too. Like, I've seen a lot of virtual theater coming out of this pandemic as well. Um, and all of it has value. It's like a completely different art form, in a way, from live performance. But yeah, there's definitely value to it. Just sort of anecdotally, as a person who lives relatively rurally, this was the first year I was actually able to attend. So I was I was very excited about that. And that's, I guess, one thing that the virtual platform has afforded is greater ease of access for people who are interested. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like, there's ways to get more people involved and more people watching, especially, obviously, like, there are the barriers that come with using technology. But I think for certain people, like, it definitely makes it more accessible. So pros and cons, for sure, for sure. But I agree with you. So just going on to Edmonton itself, what's your relationship with the city of Edmonton, with Edmonton as a whole? Yeah, um, I actually live on an acreage just outside of Edmonton, past Sherwood Park. Um, and I moved from Fort McMurray to my acreage when I was about seven years old. So I wasn't born in Edmonton, but uh, it is a place to definitely call home. I feel like um, the people there can be super welcoming and um, it's a beautiful city in certain areas, definitely with the River Valley. So I do enjoy living here. In recent news, kind of. The Calgary Stampede has announced that they plan on going ahead with the Stampede this year, but more toned down and with more COVID precautions. Uh, what do you anticipate the festival scene is going to look like for Edmonton this summer and fall? That's hard to say. I feel like a lot of festivals have sort of just canceled just in case um, precautions aren't really allowing in-person gatherings. Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of online content, maybe not like a full-blown festival for certain festivals, but I do feel like there might be some like mini live performances for some and some some online content. A lot of people are doing hybrids now, but it's hard to say. A lot of people haven't made their final decisions yet. It's still ever-evolving as this pandemic has proved to be ever-evolving so hopefully we'll get some stuff that is that is my my fingers crossed dream <laughs> for sure we're over a year into covid now how have you been keeping busy how have you been keeping sane throughout all of this <laughs> well slowly it's it's a it's a very <laughs> it's, it's tough it's tough for everyone it's tough for so many different people um, I really miss hugging my friends. That's something that I don't think that Zoom will ever be able to replicate. Um, if it does, I think that'd be kind of scary because that would mean robots and it's <laughs> <this is> terrifying. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot more drawing lately. Um, I've been working a lot on my, my email game, like sort of diving into my work, I feel like has been sort of bolstering me through this whole process. Um, I'm very grateful to have uh, very supportive cohort like my family and my partner they've all been really keeping me sane throughout all of this um, and I've been hanging out with my dogs a lot more lately too I feel like that's kind of one of those hidden silver linings that people don't think about too much but our pets are probably just loving that we're home more so I'm sure mine are for sure I get a lot more puppy cuddles during the day so what are your hopes for the future when it comes to your music career it would be really nice um my biggest dreams it would be really nice to see myself both maintaining a career in music as well as theater film um, i'm i like to have the opportunity to go back and forth between careers if one thing isn't really serving me anymore i really like to have the chance to switch over 
Um, so eventually it would be great to be touring full-time as a musician, as well as doing film projects, theater projects, um, kind of in the in-between moments of my life as well. So you have an album, you've got great songs, you know how to sing and you know how to play guitar. What are your sources of inspiration when it comes to making music? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like everything inspires me. I feel like a lot of artists will say that. It's just kind of the way that they live their lives and all that jazz. Um, but as for specific artists that I really look to, um, Vance Joy is a huge inspiration for his songwriting. Um, the Lumineers, honestly, Imagine Dragons is one of my favorite bands as a young person. And still, there's still some stuff from their early work that I take with me as I go into the studio. But also I've been listening to a lot of The Lone Bellow lately. They're really great. Shaky Graves. Um, yeah, I'd say those are a few of my, my main musical inspirations. So you're a Métis singer-songwriter. How does your identity as a Métis person play into what you do as an artist? This is a tough question. Um, I feel like my identity um, is very multifaceted on so many different levels. Like there are so many things that make up who I am as Kaylee. Um, so being Métis is definitely one of those things. Um, and someone that I was talking to in the last couple months kind of put it really beautifully in that um, you don't really like you have to be indigenous to create indigenous art, but like there's no real definition on what indigenous art is. So each person kind of approaches it in their own way. And I feel like I definitely do the same. Mm -hmm. uh, again, on your personal website, I sort of read a little bit more about you. Uh, it said that you you got your, your Bachelor of Fine Arts in acting at the U of A. Yeah, yeah, I just graduated about a year ago now as well. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So what's that experience been like, just going to school in Edmonton, learning more about the culture and about what you can do with your skills? Oh, it's so it's so cool. I honestly, I recommend the BFA program to anyone who wants to be an actor. Um, I There's all sorts of things you learn other than just how to be a better actor. Um, I feel like time management is something that's it's like one of those life skills that it's really hard to get the hang of. But um, yeah, like working hard. It's not just about um, learning how to act. It's also about learning how to work. So I'm very grateful for that experience. And yeah, definitely all of the performance and creative opportunities that it's provided me. What about Edmonton's art scene appeals to you? It's so welcoming. I feel like there's a huge environment for the arts, especially theater. There is a giant community for theater um, here in the city and people like to go see stuff, which is great. Um, just with a bunch ugh, just with a bunch of different artists that I've talked to, it seems like even if it's a new play, there's people that'll always be willing to come out and support and help foster the growth of this new work. So um, it's great. Like it's so welcoming. Is there anything you're currently working on that you can tell us about that you're just super stoked about? Well, um, first of all, I just came out with a new single called Painless, which is now available on all digital streaming platforms. So check it out on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever is your jam. I'm super stoked about that one. We uh, have a really fun music video that we put together for it too. It gets really, really messy. I won't say more than that. Just got to check it out. So that's that project's been very much on the forefront of my mind for the last couple of months. Um, but I'm actually doing another top secret music video right now for another one of my songs and hopefully we'll be able to get it done sometime in the early summer, COVID restrictions allow, um, and it's safe to do so, then that'll be, that'll be kind of the next thing that I'll be focusing on. Hoping to get back in the studio sometime soon, 
Um, but outside of that, I have also been working with Nextfest on producing a dance show called Invisible Thread, so be sure to check that out in June when it airs. Very excited about that piece. And I'm also assistant directing a piece for AMTC for uh, schools, so it'll be completely online. It's like a live stream performance with a solo performer, and it is a version of Hansel and Gretel. So I'm, I'm having a lot of fun doing that and sort of sharpening my directorial skills. What's that experience been like for you so far? It's, it's difficult just because Zoom fatigue is definitely a real thing. Um, people are talking about it more and more, but it's, it's hard being online all day, every day for sure. Um, but it's been really exciting too. Like I've, I've done a few live streamed theater productions as an actor, but I haven't really been able to like sit on the other side of the metaphorical table um, and kind of observe and learn how to um, engage with actors as a director. So it's been really cool um, having that opportunity. So speaking of festivals, I read on your website that you are the festival director of the 2021 Ukrainian Village Music Festival. Uh, what can you tell me about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've been working for the Friends of the Ukrainian Village Society for like five years now. I started out as an interpreter at the Ukrainian Village um, in their museum as one of the per the people who do sort of like the, the role playing and teach people about the history and everything. And yeah, it's been a great job. I have lots of flexibility with them. So like I've been very inclined to stay with them. And then this year we were sort of looking at my position and being like, okay, what can what can I offer with my skill set? And every year they've done a music festival for the Ukrainian village. And this year I was like, hey, like I could do that. That's something that I feel like I could do. So it's been really challenging, but very rewarding. I've been learning a lot of administrative skills, um, learning a lot more how to sharpen my email game. So that's been very fun. Um, but it's been it's been really cool. And I'm, I'm excited for the summer for when we're going to be airing. What can you tell me about the festival, the Ukrainian Village Music Festival for this year? Yeah, we decided to go virtual a few months ago, like definitely um, early in the process. We were like, we weren't sure what the summer was going to look like. So rather than try to plan an in-person festival, we just decided early to move everything online. So it'll be 100% virtual, but we've got some really cool acts kind of from all over the world that are going to be able to take part because of that. So super jazzed. If there's any, let's say young artists, young Métis artists who are thinking about going into music or going into acting or working on their drawing skills. What advice do you have for them? I think it's really important to be persistent and to keep learning about the industry. I think that's something that people don't really think about um, when they're a new artist is learning about the industry itself, but it's important to know all the different machinations and the different um, jobs that go along with being a musician or an artist um, because at the end of the day like it is your business whether or not you think of it that way like it is your craft but it's also your business um, so becoming a smart business person I think is one of those things that will take you a very long way um, but you have to keep fostering your love for it too so yeah practice 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 learn about stuff I think that would be my biggest pieces of advice What's one thing you learned on your journey as an artist that you wish you had known from the beginning? Ooh, that's a good question. Rejection is a learning tool. Um, it's not a bad thing. You're going to get so many rejections um, in a lot of creative fields, like acting for sure, music for sure. Like you're going to get a lot more no's than you are yeses. Something that I continually work on is celebrating the small victories. Um, 
it's hard, it's really easy for me to like put them aside and focus on what's next what's next but i think it's really important to to celebrate those little wins and to not get too beat up about the times when you do lose or the times when you don't get the gig or you don't um win the prize like all those things i think that's that's kind of what i'm continually working on and what i have sort of started to figure out a little bit so is there anything else you'd like to tell me or talk about that i haven't already asked yeah um well if you if you want to listen to my music you can find me on spotify on apple music all the good stuff under kaylee jade my name is spelled kind of funny but (laughs) if you can figure it out it is k-a-e-l-e-y and then jade like the cool green rock um, so check me out on there. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok now. I just got TikTok. So um, I'd love to connect. Yeah, that's basically it. So thank you very much for agreeing to uh, to talk to me today. Yeah, thank you so much for, for reaching out. I really appreciate it. It's always nice to connect with CJSR. So it's great. Thanks to Kaylee Jade Weeb, our feature interviewee for this week, for speaking with me about her music, her experiences with Edmonton's festival scene, and her advice for upcoming musicians. I'm your summer host, Shayna Giles. Our theme song is Come and Get Your Love by Redbone. Got any news you want featured on Achimowin or just want to reach out? Feel free to send an email over to achimowin at cjsr.com or use the hashtag Achimowin on social media. Want to listen to this episode again? Stop by our SoundCloud playlist at soundcloud.com slash cjsrfm slash sets slash Achimowin. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have an excellent rest of your day. Hey.